Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with another episode of Lance's House of Sports. We took a week off for last week um, as All-Star Weekend was going through in the NBA, and so we thought it would be a good time, but now we are back, and it is better than ever right now. We got some beautiful weather coming out in Columbus, Ohio, and hopefully it can stay that way. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It's Ohio, so... uh, I'd expect by the end of March it starts dipping again. But anyways, let me let me welcome my uh, usual co-host, Ben Gabriel. Welcome to the show, Ben. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. How you doing? How, how you been? How's uh, I know uh, you've been going through uh, thick and thin with classes. Yeah. Anything you want to let the viewers know? or Don't take Gen Chem 2. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Dude, all we hear about in class is like how hard chemistry is. Yep. That's pretty... It's pretty accurate. I don't. I, don't I mean, know it's it just it's the, it was easier at OU. I think Ohio State's chem department's just ass. Yeah, but you know, it's exactly why I'm in sports industry. But <laughs> <laughs> another reason why I'm in the sports industry is because we like talking about sports. <laughs> and let's get right into it. And the first thing that I want to talk about is the week that we ended up taking off All Star Weekend. And of course, I have to start with the All Star Game, led by my boy, my player, Jason Tatum. Tatum led all scores with 55 points in the All-Star game, an All-Star game record. And, you know, he's just getting started. He's starting to get into a little slump after the All-Star break, but that is not something I'm worried about. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I brought this up to you, but the last three All-Star game MVPs actually have won the finals, have won finals MVP. I so un- I understand. maybe this is just another step in the milestone for us Celtics as a team. You got some, you got some competition, though. Uh, I mean, of course we got competition. Those boys in Milwaukee, fourteen in a row. You're getting a little ahead of schedule there, Sorry. but yes. Sorry, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sticking with the All Star Game for now, it was the it was the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown show. So no. I'm, I'm gonna have to toot don't my forget horn. Donnie. Yes, man. Do not forget Donnie. But when we're talking about one team and another team, the two leading scorers were the boys from Boston. So yeah, Tatum but- led the way for Team Giannis with 55. It was. Jalen Brown leading the way with 35 for Team LeBron. And I know there was a lot of hate and backlash for the way the All-Star game was going this year because there wasn't even much competition in the fourth because of how big the lead was. I feel but like for me, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like that was expected. It's been like this. They don't play defense in the All-Star game because no one wants to get hurt. Well, normally in the fourth quarter, you know, it's tight and they still want to win the game because of that Elam ending. But yeah, Team but Giannis was up by so much. Like, Team Giannis needed 24 and Team LeBron needed, like, 40. I mean, the King got hurt, so... Could have yeah. been a different story. Yeah. <laughs> King got hurt. Giannis only played 30 seconds. He got his and then got out of the game right away. Um, so it was uh, letting the younger guys shine this season. Or I don't know why they in the chose game. two hurt-ass dudes to be captains this year. <laughs> because they got the most votes, and I they guess, were yeah. technically able to play because Giannis's injury didn't happen until the last game before the All-Star yeah. break. So he didn't want to just sit out the entire thing. I mean, he's always a part of All-Star weekend from what I can remember, and – you know he wants to draft his team. Yeah. And he drafted a hell of a squad, taking <laughs> taking he Jason did. Tatum first overall. But, yes, you're right. Uh, your boy Donovan Mitchell, he also dominated the All-Star game with 40 points and 10 assists. But Damian Lillard, uh, he uh, had a pretty big All-Star weekend himself as well. 
Um, he had 26 points in the All-Star game as well as winning the three-point contest as this has just been the beginning of an insane 2023 for Damian Lillard. Um, but with all that being said, um, let's stick with the Celtics for a little bit. We'll get back to the Blazers in a minute because um, as I was saying, for the first time all season, the Celtics have officially fallen out of the one seed. As, really? Yes, they have. As Because of percentages, we have an, we're a game up. We have, we have an extra win and an extra loss on Milwaukee, but because of the percentages and how it works, uh, Milwaukee's got the, got the go-ahead. So um, they finally moved into the one seed here, and uh, they've taken reins of it. And like you said, with a 14-game win streak and counting for the Bucks. So, you know, a lot of people believe that it's Boston and Milwaukee at, atop the East. Like, Philly's still a threat. Cleveland's still a threat. New York, the Knicks have been playing fantastic basketball of late. But in my mind, it's still the top two that run the Eastern Conference, and those are the two teams that are going to be there when it's all said and done come the Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. I agree. How much of a factor do you think that top seed plays um, for come playoff time? Normally, I think it'd be a honestly a bigger deal than it is right now because whether Boston or Milwaukee get the one, you know, the other team's getting the two, and those teams are both going to dominate first round. Yeah. You know, five, four game series. But you know, it's more about like, let's say, you know, one it's and two, like second saying, round. And then it comes to the third round, you know, okay. Eastern Conference finals and these two teams match up. Because if you remember last year, both teams had a game left remaining on the schedule. And depending on how the games went, one team would get the two, one team would get the three. And the higher seed would end up playing Brooklyn in the first round. And it was Milwaukee that sat out all their players, took the loss, and ended up getting the three seed to avoid Brooklyn, while Boston. Um, did what they needed to do, got the win, got the two seed, and didn't run away from Brooklyn, ended up beating Brooklyn in four. And then when they matched up against Milwaukee in the second round, come game seven, they had that home court advantage. And it seemed to play a huge factor because Grant Williams was the man that stole the show in that game seven. Yeah, we went to uh, game six of that series, yeah? Uh, I think it was uh, game four of that series. Four? Yeah, because Al Horford had, he had 30. Yeah, um, and Jason Tatum at thirty. That was the Al Horford show that yeah, game. Yeah, that game was awesome. Yeah, that game was great to watch. But we're going back. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I want to go back to Milwaukee. Back to Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> but it just shows that how much of a factor that last game and a potential game seven can be. You know, because it doesn't matter how good of a team can be on the at home or on the road, but having that home court advantage in that final game, it plays a factor without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I was asking, you know, if these teams were to match up in the conference finals and one team were to have that game seven at home, I'm curious how much you think it matters because Boston right now, you know, we're, they're one of the best road teams in the league at 20 and 11 right now, Milwaukee sitting at 17 and 12 on the road. So they're both still Solid. adequate. Boston's been pretty dominant, but Milwaukee's not too bad either on the road. So are you asking like which team I think needs the that's, higher That's a good for? question. Go ahead. I'm Milwaukee. Yeah. I think that the Celtics team is a little more complete. Mm-hmm. You know, they have some better role players than the Milwaukee Bucks. But Milwaukee still has the best player in the world. So yeah. it's just, that's a seven-game series. Yeah. You know? Without <laughs> So it's... Because, I mean, with how the Bucks have been playing, like we yeah. said, 14-game win streak, but Chris Middleton has yet to hit his stride this season. Yeah. He's still been coming off the bench for them. And, I mean, he's averaging 14 points a game, but his percentages are not what they normally are. I mean, he's shooting 41% from the field at the 
three-point line is shooting under 30%. Wow. So he's definitely not playing to his caliber. But Drew Holiday has, without a doubt, been stepping up for them. He's averaging just under 20 a game, and he's probably having one of his best seasons of his career. Yeah, I think he's really undervalued. He's a great player. Yeah. Well, you know, he's still getting better. Yeah. And it shows that this is definitely the best season he's ever had uh, to date. And he's finding a bigger role with that Milwaukee team. I mean, Giannis even talks about it. He's probably the, one of the most complete players on the team. Of course, it's insane to hear from Giannis because, you know, he says he's their defensive anchor. He's their force, Drew Holiday I'm talking about, as well as his ability to make shots and create shots for other players. So him and his continuous improvement has been a huge help for the Bucks. Um, not just for their win streak, but it'll be huge come playoff time. Because yeah. now they have, you know, people can argue three big weapons come playoff time. Yeah, but I just, I can see Boston winning a game on the road. I don't know if I can see Milwaukee winning a game in Boston. Yeah. That's why I think Milwaukee needs the one seed. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree with you, honestly, because I don't know what it is, but sometimes I find Tatum playing better on the road at times. Maybe it's just the atmosphere, the energy from the fans, just pounding booze on them and talking all that shit. Maybe it just brings that type of dog out of them. Because I agree with you. I think Milwaukee probably needs the one seed over Boston because I think Boston's more complete, like you said. And I think we play a little bit better on the road than they do. So Giannis having that more comfortability being at home, I think it'd be a huge factor come Game 7. But, you know, maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We never know what can happen. You never know. Injuries can happen at any moment in time and completely derails teams. And Crazy. Mellow ball. Took a wrong step and fractured his ankle. Yeah, it like, didn't. He it didn't even look like he rolled no. it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just took the bad step, and now he's done for the season. It's crazy, and it's just another crazy mishap for the Hornets team that have just been off the rails all season long, dealing with off court issues, on court issues, um, coaching issues, and now their best player on the team is done for the rest of the season. Um, and he just came back, right? Um, he was in and out. He was yeah, out he was for in, a good amount yeah. of time earlier in the year, yes. But before he got hurt, he was getting 30 a game, making five threes. I don't know if I want to say 30 a game. Look at his past five games. His past five? Well, maybe that's a different yeah. case. He's averaging 23 on the year. But looking at the game log, I mean, before he got hurt, 18. He had 19 the game before that. Um, but the three games prior, he did have 32, 28, and 30. So he was playing great ball at the end of the All-Star break and first game after the All-Star break. But... I mean, he's... It's unfortunate. I mean, very, very. Yeah. But, I mean, they weren't doing anything this season anyways. It's just you never want to see your young star... Break his ankle by stepping? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. want to see that. He's 20 years old. No, <laughs> And while we're staying in the injury topics, we might as well move over to the L.A. Lakers. Um, as soon as everyone starts talking about how the Lakers are starting to get a couple wins, they're starting to bring it together with a new point guard, D'Angelo Russell... Um, LeBron James, AD, Rory Hachimura, um, you know, the whole the whole squad. They finally started to bring it together. They finally started to get a few wins. And now LeBron himself went down with an ankle injury, and he's going to be out two to three weeks at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, how big of a factor is this for the Lakers? Because they're still sitting at the 12 seed. Granted, they're only a, a game and a half back of the play-in. They're only two and a half games back of the six seed. So they're still right in the mix. But now they lose the best player in the world. Yeah, um, I was talking to Dylan about it. So I was like, "You guys need to make the playoffs." Like, that's I don't know if that's going to happen anymore without you know the best player in the NBA. Yeah, he thinks they're going to be fine. Really? He said D'Lo, AD, Roy. He thinks they can get it done. 
without LeBron. Is there any reason why he feels that way? Because I think he I thinks mean, their Grant, roster is good enough with D'Lo and AD, and yeah. I honestly agree. I, they should be able to get a ten seed without, yeah. even if LeBron doesn't play another game before the playoffs. See, but it's tough because a lot of people say that when they're high, like they can dip, but they can't dip enough. These yeah. guys have no room for error. You're right. They they got to keep up with all these teams around them, and with the type of schedule they have in these next few days. I mean, they play Grizzly tonight. We'll know the result of that. Yeah, you're tossing up the L. Like, we probably know what's going on. Because they have a back-to-back. So, who knows how they game plan for tonight. But then they have a back-to-back tomorrow, March 1st. They're playing the Thunder. And the Thunder are right in the mix with them. And then they got the Timberwolves, who are right in the mix with them. And then they got the Warriors, who are right in the mix with them. And then, of course, you got the Grizzlies again to wind up that little streak for them, which would be at home. So, I mean, they got some tough games in the next week, um, games that they really need to win against the competition that is right around them in the conference. So this is just the worst time at all to lose LeBron. He was already banged up going into the All-Star break, and now he heard a pop in his ankle, and who knows how big the injury is. They said they're going to take two weeks before they even reevaluate him, so it's at least two to three weeks. It could be more. Yeah, I saw indefinitely. So Yeah, yeah. I don't so think they I. really have a timetable for it yet. But what Dylan was talking about with the Lakers, I do agree that this is probably the best roster they've had in the last few years. Yeah. It debatably could be even better than the championship roster when they won in the bubble. Yeah. Because I think they have better talent, but they're not meshing like that, you know? I feel like they've been starting to mesh recently in these last few games. Playing in the bubble is so much different than playing in front of. I agree. But you know, know some of those NBA players argued like. Hey, I get it. We're not playing in front of a crowd, but in the bubbles where the true lovers of basketball showed out, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of people didn't want to be in that bubble. Like they were over it. They, were, they couldn't see their family. They couldn't go anywhere except stay around the Disney Resort, which to me, yeah. I feel like would be incredible. But I'm thinking <laughs> of these, mil- these millionaires, they can do whatever they want on a daily basis. Yeah. I understand why it'd be rough for them. Yeah. I think it was more than just the resort. I think it was just like them having to stay there plus like COVID going on, like people they knew getting sick and like they can't go see them. And yeah, so it's, but I think there are a lot of flukes in the bubble. Yeah. Like TJ Warren. (laughs) That's a fluke we all agree on. But yeah. So like just there are guys that were playing out of their ass because I heard read a lot about like depth perception and like shooting the ball with not having. It's like they're playing in a high school gym. Yeah. They don't have that 20,000 arena background behind them because that perception is a real thing. It matters, yeah. So that's understandable. Because the backboards used to not be clear. You know what I mean? When was that? Long time ago. Yeah. But they used to be like, you know, they just used to be like white. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that matters. Yeah. You can see through the backboard and see just thousands of faces and stuff. For sure. For sure. I don't know. But, But, you know, Sticking with the Lakers for another minute, no LeBron, but I mean, I agree that the trades they made over the trade deadline were some of the best moves I've seen them make in a long, long time as an organization. Yeah. Like, Grant, I would probably say since the AD trade, um, but even that was very debatable because of how many guys they gave up to get AD and leading up to it. 40 games a season. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, 
They have Anthony Davis. Hopefully, D'Angelo Russell isn't out too long when they have him. They have Malik Beasley. Jared Vanderbilt has been huge for them on the defensive end since the All-Star break. He seems to be a big factor for them um, with Rory Hachimura. And then they got big men off the bench. Mo Bamba, who I am a fan of, honestly. Really? So I am. I think he's a solid player. I haven't seen a lot of his game. For being a role player off the bench, I think he's a good player. Because he's able to, like, he's a three-level scorer. He's not the strongest guy, so he can get bullied at times in the paint. But, you know, he's still super long, yeah. super athletic. So he's able to get his when the right matchup comes and up. There aren't a ton of centers in the league that I feel like could mo- bully Mo Bamba. I can think of, like, Giannis. I feel like there's, there's more like than you y- think. Really? Yeah. I think of, like, Jokic and Joel Embiid. Maybe, like, a Valanchunas. Someone well, like, then you got like, like then Steven you got, Adams. Then you got these average big men, you know, such as, you know, Robert Williams, Bam Adebayo, Jonas Valanchunas. But is Rob um, bullying Mo Bamba? Like, he's not um, bigger than him. He's probably not bullying him, but if he, you know, he's stealing, he's getting all the rebounds over him. Well, yeah, you know? Rob Will's way better because he's Bob, he's way yeah. stronger than him. Yeah, but that's not the biggest factor. The I think the bigger factor is that the Lakers have depth now. Yeah, they you do. know, outside of their starting lineup, they have a bunch of role players to always have around LeBron and AD at all times. But now yeah. you're taking LeBron out of the equation. Do you think they can mesh? Like, obviously they have talent, but do you think they can mesh enough to? win games because all these guys are like new you know what i mean i think they can mesh but is it enough now yeah because now you need to mesh and you need to win games because before the reason why they weren't winning games because they weren't meshing yeah but you now need other teams to lose when it's yes just, it's tough for and them. that's why they need these big wins against the teams they have coming up on their schedule but without having lebron it's going to be a big factor and who knows how long d'angelo russell is going to be out as well i mean it's been saying he's game time for the last few games but if he misses that Thunder game on the second hand of the back-to-back, I think that's huge. I think they need him in that game because the Thunder have been dominating. The Thunder will beat the Lakers if D'Lo doesn't play and LeBron is out. If D'Lo also doesn't play? Yeah. You think so? You think the Lakers still get it done? No, I think Thunder I win. You you think, yeah, I agree with you. I Shy, agree with will, you. Shy will have 35 points if D'Lo does not play that game. Yeah, and then <laughs> we're staying off topic, so let's just keep it rolling. This is how we <laughs> like it. But, you know, because – Yes, they have SGA. Yes, they have Josh Giddy at the guard spot. But then they also have Isaiah Joe off the bench, who's been shooting some of the best ball um, of his career. Granted, he's super young, but yeah. he's been stepping up in the spotlight these last few weeks, the last month or two since 2023's come together. Like everyone's starting to recognize who this guy's name is, and he's not shying away from the bright light. Yeah. I and mean, Polka, he's a great shooter. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to say his name? Polkashevsky? I think that's right. Polkashevsky. Yeah, Polkashevsky. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've always stated that I think the Thunder can be a potential playing team just because of the young depth that they have and how well they play together. They obviously mesh well. But at the end of the day, I mean, these guys are looking at the future. So teams like the Lakers and the Blazers, they can't let this Thunder team get past them in the play-in. They just can't let it happen. I like the Thunder, man. I do. I, do. I like Thunder a lot because they got Chet Holmgren coming back next year, and they have all the draft picks in the world for they the next five years. They have 14 first-round draft picks in the next four years. I mean, <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous. But we're talking about right now. So the Lakers need that win, so they need D'Angelo Russell back as soon as possible. Be- if they don't make the playoffs, is LeBron – is he a Laker next year if they don't make the playoffs? I think he's a Laker next year. Because he's this is last year on contract, isn't it? Uh, I think he has another year after this. But I'm pretty sure he like he always has a player option. Oh yeah, you know that's just it's LeBron. It's LeBron. Yeah. Yes, he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to leave his contract, he can. 
But I think he stays in it. I mean, they just built the team to have him for the next two years. Because I think everyone in the world knows that in two years, LeBron's gone. Yeah. Because that's when Bronny's coming in the league, and wherever he gets drafted, that's where Bron's going. And he's taking the veteran minimum. Even if he's in still getting opinion. 30 a game? Yes. Maybe he doesn't take the veteran minimum, but you know, like whatever the team wants to offer him, like he'll take it because he just he has enough money. He said yes, exactly, and he said it time and time again. He wants to play with his son, so money's not a factor, like yeah. he said. But this is the Lakers' opportunity right now because, you know, the Pelicans—they're on the merge of falling out of the plan. Who was a one seed at one point this season? They've just completely fallen off the rails with not having Zion for the longest time this season, yeah. and decimated by injury. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem like you know CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram haven't really been able to bring it together for the team, and you know, obviously they've been losing more than they've been winning. Leading into the All Star break, they were. They lost two of their last three, and now they're on a four-game losing streak since dating back to before the All-Star break. So with that being said, I mean, they have teams like the Pelicans, like the Timberwolves who aren't playing their best ball, like the Jazz, like the Warriors who don't have Steph Curry still. Um, who knows when he returns? And they also have a team like the Portland Trailblazers who don't have the best roster, but they have one of the best point guards in the league in Damian Lillard, who he's – Seeming like he's on a mission right now to get his team to the playoffs. They're on the outside looking in, but he's on one of the biggest scoring tears I've ever seen. He's averaging like 45 points a game in February. In the year 2023, he's averaging 36.5, 7.5, and 4.5. In his last 10 games, he's averaging 47 and 6. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to hear the numbers, it's 39, 40, 38, 33, 28, 40, 29, 42, 42, and 71. <laughs> so if that's not undeniably insane, then I don't know what to say. But I think it's obvious that he's one of the best scorers that we have in the league today. Yeah. And that kind of moves me into my topic. Yes, we know. I, th I think the Blazers are going to go as far as Damien's going to take him. Yeah. I mean, they got a they got a solid team um, with Anthony Simons. Um, <laughs> Who else? But he's been <laughs> in and out. I mean, I honestly like Cam Reddish, but he's just yeah. a role player. But they also, I mean, they have Jeremy Grant, good player. They have Yusuf Nurkic, solid big men. I I like Jeremy Grant more than Yusuf Nurkic, but those yeah. are good role players. Obviously, they're not these top teams, like you know the teams we've been talking about earlier today. But with Damian Lillard. He can take this team as far as he wants to because they have the role players around him. Yeah. Damian Lillard loves to give. Backup point guard Shaden Sharp. He's been playing good ball recently, honestly. Yeah. Um, they have solid guys, but. I mean, he likes to give teams trouble in the playoffs. Yes, he does. He and that's it. and that's something I that's would not mind for. watching. Yeah. So. Lives for that. So, Dame, got a couple more months to do it, but keep fucking rocking, man. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, insane stats. And with all that being said, 50% from the field, 42% from three, 96% from the free throw line in the month of February. Um, first player to average 40 in a month since Kobe Bryant did it in 2003. So that's another point to show the type of tear that Damian Lillard has been on scoring-wise around the league. And that brings me to a certain topic that I'm very curious about. I'm very curious what you think. Top five pure scores in the league today when we talk about that. I mean, I think Dame's without a doubt on that list. Yeah, I agree. It's tough for me because there are – I feel like I could name the top five players in the league. And, and they could all be the top five scores. Yeah. Yeah, 
but you know what I mean, but I'm not gonna do that. So, are we? Well, are we uh, using you injured? You play- can do whatever you want. Are we using injured players or no? Um, are we going with guys that are healthy. Like, am I leaving Steph and LeBron on? Like, you know, um, KD. Am I? I think Steph's gonna be back soon. So include Steph, but leave out LeBron. Can I include KD, or has he been out too long? Kitty's back tomorrow. He is? Something we probably should have said at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> but yes, when this podcast gets posted, we will all have seen KD with his first game in a Phoenix Suns uniform. So that should be very exciting to watch as they haven't been playing very good ball. And they are ready to get him back, to get their full team healthy and to get rolling, yeah. to make a playoff push. But yes, you can include him. Okay. It's tough for me, actually. Number one? Who's your number one? You don't have to rank him. I just no want to order. five. If we get our five, put it together. Kevin Durant's yeah. in there. Luca's in there. Dame's in there. I mentioned Steph, but uh, I gotta put Steph in there. Score? Yeah. Giannis. Is that what you want to go with? No, but I can't think of anybody better. <laughs> you have just thirty-four games, so like you if can't... you say if you if you say Giannis, I'll agree with you. Yeah, I like that five. Yeah, honestly. If we're including LeBron in that, then putting LeBron, take out Giannis. But the only reason why I would take out Giannis is because he doesn't have that three-point threat that the rest of these guys have. Yeah. He's just so dominant at what he does. It makes him the best in the world. When yeah. we're talking about pure scores, I like that, honestly. But, man, if we had to rank him, I'm probably putting, you know, probably putting Giannis at five. I'm putting... Wow, I'm putting KD at four. <laughs> um, I'm putting. Wow, this is hard. There are a lot of guys. Because then it's <laughs> then it's Lucas, Stefan, Dame. Yeah, and those guys, like I yeah. would put Stefan. We haven't three. Even talked about like guys like Jaw or like SGA. Or yeah, like, well, I th- I think these guys are better pure scores. Really? On a, in my opinion, yes, I do. Um, SGA is unbelievable. But I w- I would put <laughs> Steph at three, but I'm not going to do it because I think his ability to move off the ball is For, like. I think it's a huge factor in scoring the basketball because it's the gets only guy in. that moves like that off the ball, and that's what makes him so great. Yeah, but so I pro- I probably put probably put Dame at three, put Luke at two, and then I put Steph at one. Ooh, nah, I put yeah, I'm putting Steph at one. He's the greatest scorer I've ever seen. I agree. It's hard. It's hard to. You I mean, know, you saw him in that game I, six finals game. I I saw him in game six of the finals last year and. What do you have, 40? It's something I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but he was – it was stupid scary how good he was in that finals. Yeah. And then just watching it live, just watch him pull it from 35 whenever he wants. Yeah, just it's whenever just, he touches the ball, it's like, fuck. Like, and, you know, <laughs> and, you know, his handle's on a rope, so he's never losing it, and then he can just pull up wherever he's at. You know, it doesn't matter how tight you are on and his him. His jump shot takes .3 seconds, so it's <laughs> like if you give him enough room for half a second, like it's going in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's crazy. Yeah, no. Nah, you I could argue the same for Dame. You know what I mean? You could, but Steph's jump shot is quicker. It's sure. quicker, but Dame has more range. I would disagree. I wouldn't. Dame Both can, of their range is ridiculous. Yeah, but Dame how, can, how can Dame you argue can, Steph's range? Because Dame can. You've seen Steph. Dame can Dame can use his normal jump shot so from half court. So can Steph. Normal. Yes. Like just standing, like jump straight uh-huh. up. Dude, his normal jump shot is something he can do at three quarters court because it's just it's it's his jump shot. Like it's he uses more arc than anybody, I'd argue, and arc is the main factor of it. Yeah, I don't know that shot. I mean, I'm that, thinking this of is, that this is a, that's a stupid debate that you brought up because they can both shoot it from beyond half court. 
Oh, yeah. In their normal routine. There's Absolutely. no one else in the league that Absolutely. can do that. They're definitely the two best shooters in the league. Yeah, they're the yeah. two best shooters in the league. But, you know, Steph Curry, he has the resume on him. He's the best yeah, scorer, best shooter of all four time. Four championships. So that's why. Well, Three? Four? He has four championships. He's yeah. tired of LeBron. But, you know, just his track record Most and how long he's made, been doing right? it for of all time. Yes, he broke that last year. Yeah. Which was very cool because he did it in front of Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. Yeah. But yes, I'm scared of Steph forever. So I'm saying Steph Curry is the greatest scorer we have right now. But then let's translate it over into a little bit of a different question, kind of similar with these top guards. But I brought it up to you as we were getting ready to do this podcast because there's a lot of incredible point guards in the NBA right now. I mean, you could argue, there's 10 guys you could argue that could be in the top five, in my opinion. But when we have to talk about the top five point guards, point guards in the NBA today, I mean, who are the five guys you're putting on that list? Steph, Luca, Ja, Dame, and SGA. I'm a big fan. Is of that his. right? Big fan of his. Is that right? Big fan of his. Wait till he gets some. So you're leaving off Kyrie Irving. You're leaving off Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Um, yes. You are leaving off. Are we including James Harden in the point guard category? Even if we were, I don't think he's better than any of the five guys right now. Okay. Obviously, in his prime, James Harden was better than those guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe well, not yes, Steph Curry. Yes, we are. We are talking right now. But right now, I'm. Wait till SGA gets some help, man. <laughs> he he's a stud. Ain't he no one saying he's not a stud. Yeah, he's a stud. But when but he gets some guys around point- him and he can actually pass it off when he needs to, and like other guys can hit shots, the Thunder are going to be one of the best team in the league. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't personally put SGA in that list because I think there's way better facilitators than him at the point guard position. And his three-point shot still needs much improvement. Yeah. So he's still kind of like, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but he's more of a guy that, you know, the middies attack into the rack. Um, but like he's, he, he but has he, a three-pointer. But he's 6'5". He's a great defender. Is he 6'5"? I think he's, yeah, he's 6'6". Six, six, I see it right yeah. here. He's a little bigger than that. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't find that a lot. But no, he's still grown in his game. He's a young yeah. guard. He's only been in the league four years. I'm surprised you don't have JT in one of your top five scorers. Um, no, I don't think he's there yet. No. Um, he is a tremendous scorer. I think yeah. he can score with the best of them. Yeah, he can. I, like, I don't think there's anything stopping him from getting 60 points any given night. It's just, you know, he's got to be feeling that type of way. Yeah. And I don't think he's in his prime yet to be feeling that hot on more nights than others, you know, like Damian Lillard, like Luka Doncic. And I don't think Luka's in his prime either. He's just, what makes him so good is how good of a scorer he is. So Luka's incredible. The reason why Tatum's (laughs) so good is because of his two-way ability. Yeah. So that's what makes the players a little bit different. So that's why I think he's a couple years out from his prime, and I think when that time comes, we'll know when he's in his prime. You think you're going to see a big jump? I think we're going to see another jump. Okay. Yes. But, you know, with that being said, it doesn't mean they can't go get what they're looking for as in a banner this season because, you know, they're the most complete team in basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, um, this is the best roster they'll probably have, you know? Yeah, Because yeah. they're going to have to get rid of some yes. guys. To, uh, I mean, if we're ta- if we're if Like we're Grant t- Will, like If we're gone. getting into that and we're talking about it, Grant Williams probably won't be on the team forever unless, unless we find a way to keep him around he at a salary a that money, we like. He? he wants like $20 million. It's not worth $20 million. 
in, and I agree with you completely. Yeah. Um, guys like Malcolm Brogdon, he's making $22 million for us right now. I think when his contract comes up, he's probably going to be gone as well. Just because, you know, he's a, starter a, he's a guy coming off the bench that has starter value. He yeah. was a starter before he came to Boston. He's just playing within his role. Just wants his chip. Yes, he just <laughs> wants – exactly. I think our main guys are going to be there forever. You know, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Al Horford um, will retire. Al Horford will retire in two or three years. Um, so he'll be there until then. He's still playing well. That's why I want to hold on to Grant Williams, though. Because yeah. once Al Horford retires, I think he's the fill-in guy. He's not He's not as big as Al, because Al can play the center when needed. And I don't think Grant can. You just signed but, uh, Mike Muscala. Yeah, 6'10", right? Yeah, and then... Shooter. Uh, Yes, that is right. I don't know if you watched a few games with him playing. I haven't really been watching. He's a series. dog, bro. Since after the All Star break, he hasn't been getting minutes because of how deep our team is. Yeah, but you know we do have a guy like that that can play the four, play the five, and then we also have Daniel Gallinari, who's been out all season long, who's yeah. able to play the four for us. So we do have a bunch of guys that can fill in that role. But it should be really interesting. But going back to the topic that got us <laughs> off topic like this, I don't really know how. <laughs> But, you know, those top five point guards, we got to rank them. Because I passed you at five. Them. That's why. Yeah. That's so you have, you have Luca, Steph, Dame, John Morant, and Luka. SGA. Steph, Luca. Steph, oh, uh, unranked. Unranked, you have Steph. You were pretty close in that order. Unranked, you have Steph, Luca, Dame, John Morant, and SGA. That was, that's ranked. That's one of That five. is your ranked? That is one of five. What was it? What did I say? Steph. Steph, Luca, Dame, Steph, Luke, Ja. SGA. Yeah. So if that's your rank, I'm going to agree with you one to three. I got Steph at one. I got Luca at two. I got Dame at three. At four, I do probably put John Morant just because, you know. He can do it all. He can do it all. It's easier said than done. Um, but at five, I love SGA. I feel like I talk about it on this podcast at times. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. And he's, he's a superstar in this league that's only going to keep getting better with his team as yeah. they keep improving. But with that being said, I think I got Kyrie in that five spot. That's he's probably be six for me. Yeah. So um I love Kyrie. He makes he's unbelievable. He's a tremendous player. He's a tremendous I just, player. I like SJ's size. I think Kyrie's slowing down a little bit. But to me, it just shows how good that Mavericks team can be. Yeah. You know, once they finally get it rolling. Top five having two cards. of the top five <laughs> point guards in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I'm not gonna get into the topic about shooting guards, but you know, it's gonna be it's gonna match up for a hell of a series. I'm telling you it's gonna happen. Suns Mavericks, we need it. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant against Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's rivalry in the making. That you know, that's that's a script that the NBA is dreaming <laughs> to make. Yeah, in my opinion. Who are you taking in that series? I think I'm taking a healthy Suns team. Can't lie. But I don't know because you forget about guys like Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway and yeah. I don't know who I'd take in that series. I don't think I'm ready to make that pick yet <laughs> because we haven't even seen KD yet in the Suns uniform, how they're going to mesh. We haven't seen the best of Luka and Kyrie yet. If the Suns play their full potential with KD, I think they're the best team in the league. Yeah, and I think the X factor in that is Chris Paul. Yeah, because he can play really bad at times. Yes. Just because of his age. like he's, He was obviously one but of the best But if he plays cards. the right type of ball and he's facilitating the right way to the two of the – Top ten scores in the league yeah. debatably, you know, like if he's getting it's eight, hard to beat a team like if he's that. getting eight and twelve, that's all you need. Yeah. You know? Eight, eight. All ain't nah, ten and ten. Yeah. Yeah. Ten and ten. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, like it's he doesn't need to score a lot of points if he's getting his scores the ball. Yeah. KD and Devin Booker right next to you. Yeah. So transitioning over to that, um, let's move over to the Eastern Conference a little bit as we uh, begin to wind down this podcast. 
And, you know, we got to talk about the team that beat my boys last night on a Monday night because they're playing absolutely terrific basketball. They're on a six-game win streak currently. Um, they only had two losses in the month of February. And it seems like they're rolling at the right time. And that's the New York Knicks, you know, six-game win streak. Um, they were able to acquire Josh Hart at the trade deadline. A huge piece, in my opinion, for them. I guess that leads me right into my question. Like, are the Knicks a threat? Um, I don't want to say to be, you know, to compete, to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals in the East because we know how top-heavy the East can be with those top two. Um, we can even see top three, say, top three teams in the conference. But is are the New York Knicks a team – that can make it out of the first round and, you know, compete with some of those top dogs come second round, or um, you think they still don't have enough? I don't know if I see them getting out of a seven-game series with, like, the Sixers or the Cavs. I, don't, I think I'm taking both those teams over See, because right now they're sitting at the five seed after their six-game win streak. Playing the and Cavs. That, and that puts home. them up against the Cavs, who honestly is a decent matchup. That's a great matchup, yeah. Yes. And now yeah. you add Josh Hart to the mix, throw him in at that three spot um, to add on with R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle. You know, how big of a threat are these New York Knicks against a potential Cleveland Cavaliers team, even against the Philadelphia 76ers team? I mean, I don't got them beating Philly in a seven-game series, but if they're able to stay in that five spot and match up against Cleveland, Cleveland has been playing their best ball the last couple months. They've seemed to have been up and down. Is this a team that you can see make some noise and make a second-round push, or you still don't think they have enough? I think those... Top four teams in the East are winning in the first round. I'm going to keep saying it. Yes. Okay. Because, you know, Cleveland's going to get the higher seed than New York. Oh, it's actually actually closer than... Two and a half games. Yeah. Right there. But, you know, the Cavs have been unbelievable at home this season. Yes. Um, 26 and 7. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously the only two teams that are better are the Bucks and the Celtics. Uh Um, Well, actually, the Cavs are technically better at home. They are better than Same the Celtics at home. Two more wins. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I like the Cavs when they have the high seed. This, yeah. you know, in the first round. But if they jump them and the Cavs have to play at New York for four games, it's that's a seven game series. Yeah, I think it's a. Se- I th- you think it's seven games? Personally, way? right now, I think it's a seven game series right now because the Knicks are playing some of the best ball I've seen in the yeah. last couple of years. Julius Randle's playing his best ball. Um, Jalen Brunson's playing peak basketball right now. He's arguably the best player on that team, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you add R.J. Barrett. You add Josh Hart to the mix. You have a guy like Emmanuel quickly coming off the bench. Like Evan they, Fournier. He, I mean, he's obviously nothing special, but um, when he gets hot, he's a great three-point shooter. Nah. Yes. Mm, when he gets hot, he's a great shooter. See, you know, I'm an Evan Fournier fan. You know, former, former Celtic. But he's not a type of guy that's in the rotation, though. No, he's not. He got in for that one game that I – who did I bet on, Lance? I bet on the Sixers, and they were up 20. And Evan Fournier had 28 points yeah, and I remember went that six game. for seven from three. What did he call it? Because <laughs> after the game, he said it was like a one-night stand yeah, with the team because he knew his role, yeah. and he just got a lucky <laughs> night playing a lot of minutes, and he took advantage of it. Screw to your parlay or bet or whatever it was. It's mean but, parlay, last leg. But I'm starting to give a little more respect to the Knicks. I've never been a Knicks guy. I've never been a Julius Randle fan. I just don't think his his build is right to be like the best player on a championship winning team, and I still believe that. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about potentially beating a very solid young with a superstar-driven Cleveland Cavaliers team. Yeah, I mean, they're but, great. But, you know, adding Jalen Brunson to the mix for them, I mean – 
I think it's just a different ball game now I because just, you could argue that the Knicks have more scorers than the Cavs do. You know, with Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randle. Because with the Cavs, you know, it's Donovan Mitchell, it's Garland. it's Darius Garland, and then after that, you know, you got a you got a bunch of defensive presences yeah, in there. Spread the wealth, and then and then you got some. Yes, exactly. Well, I feel a lot like of guys with ten points. Well, I feel like with the Knicks, it's kind of top heavy with their points, and maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. But from how I see it, the Knicks have four guys that average seventeen or more points. Randle. Um, yeah, the four the four guys I've been mentioning. Barrett um, and Josh wow. Hart. Josh Hart averages yes, Josh 17. Hart averages 17 wow. points a game. Okay. Um and then I mean the Cavs have two guys, but you know, maybe that brings into how big of a factor Evan Mobley can be on the offensive end. Evan Mobley averages 16 points a game. Yeah, right he's now. been playing. It's a better. little higher than I thought. Yeah. So if you have to take, you know. I just don't I don't And that's still only three against four. You know, I see the Knicks struggling with the Cavs big men. I think that the Cavs out. You don't think Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle can hold him? I think Julius Randle can dominate Evan Mobley. I agree, but I think that the Cavs are getting are out rebounding him every game. It's interesting. I really do. I think they're getting more rebounds. I think Cavs are far and away a better defensive team. Okay. Um, Evan like Mobley that. and Jared that's, Allen that's, are, that's are, true. are both great defenders. Donovan Mitchell's an underrated defender. Darius Garland isn't a great defender, but he does his best. Mm-hmm. For you know, being the size he is. Yeah. And he's still quick, you know. He can stay with guys. See, something that's crazy to me, and this kind of shocked me seeing this. Currently, as the season's been going on, Cavs are 23rd in the league in rebounding. Really? Something that a lot of people don't take notice. But it's because, you know, they have those top two guys in the front court that dominate on the glass. But outside of that, who really gets rebounds for them? And it's kind of something that a lot of people don't take into notice. Yeah. You want to know what the New York Knicks are? Uh, like top five, third. Maybe it's because they miss more shots. Um, maybe it is. That could be. I mean, Cav- Cavs are top five in field goal percentage, yeah. while the Knicks are in the bottom bottom half. It definitely plays so a part. That could play a factor. Um, but you know, I'm just reading the stats that I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I definitely think whoever gets that four or that five, I think it's going to matter because I think that series goes six or seven games. Yeah. And the Cavs are showing that yes, they're super dominant at home. They're not very talented on the road. So if the Knicks are able to steal a game on the road, you yeah. know, I think it's all in the Knicks' favor to steal that series. Yeah. But if Cleveland can start playing well on the road in the next couple months, I mean, they're a scary team. Yeah. No, they, they are. are. No, I've been saying it time and time again. This Cavs team is going to be around to potentially try and win a championship for the next five to ten years. I mean, they have the team now. Now they just got to develop, and they just got to grow together. Yeah, they got to keep their guys happy. Got to keep Garland, Mitchell. Yes, because I believe this team is a, you know, down the line. If they have the same roster, I still think they can be one of the better teams in the league. I mean, you see the chemistry. Like they, they all get along. Like, obviously, it's a lot of teams have great chemistry, but you know, like guys like Jared Allen that just like pull the team together with just how he is. Like Mm -hmm. everybody makes fun of Jared Allen because he wears. $50 $50 outfit to the all-star game. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, that type of stuff like brings a team together in my opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I think people are maybe, I think it's an unselfish giving Jared team. Allen a little too much crap just for wearing what he wants to wear, but being comfortable, <laughs> but I agree that this team's very unselfish and they understand yeah. their roles. Yeah. And I think that's a huge factor of it. And they're young, you know, yeah. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to get it done this year. Yeah. I know that for a fact, but like they have a lot of room to grow. Darius Garland's 22 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Not nah, both teams do honestly because yeah. the Knicks are very young as well. Yeah, 
Um, so it's very interesting, and it kind of brings me into the last topic that I want to talk about today. Um, it's potential coach of the year candidates. And, I mean, I was listening to Stephen A. talking about it because, you know, big win for the Knicks. He's <laughs> he's as high as he can be. I'm on cloud nine out, up there. But, you know, he was talking about how he thinks Tom Thibodeau should be put into consideration for potential coach of the year candidate. And, you know, just thinking about that, it's like why shouldn't J.D. Biggerstaff be in that? I don't you know? think it, Tom Thibodeau should be. I mean, I don't think if they had a be. GM of the year award. Maybe the next guy should could get it, <laughs> but not even then. Yeah, like GM of the year should go to Brad Stevens. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you see our roster? I get your roster, the but it's not like everyone... you changed much from last year. Like you got guys like Malcolm Brogdon. That's huge. That's one. That's huge. But though. they got they picked up Brunson, gave him a ton of money. People were shitting on him for it. They paid him too much, and now he averages thirty a game. You know that's fair. But when are we going to start giving Brad Stevens his love? Because what Brad he Steven does is over time. Brad if you Steven look at the team love. from when he first took over the team to what it is now, people, it's undeniably incredible. You're acting think, like the C's don't get their love, man. C's are like the most loved team in the country. I'm talking about Brad Stevens getting his love for being an executive. I mean, maybe they don't talk that's about it. Brad Stevens enough. That's all I'm saying. I think he gets a lot of credit. Might not be. He better he better be in the a candidate. News a lot, That's all I'm gonna say. Is there better a, be is a candidate. there an award for GM? There is. There is. There is. There is an it's award. Interesting. Yeah, and he better be a candidate. <laughs> he not, should be. If not, I'm gonna trash my. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not my room. I'm gonna trash your room. <laughs> 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 nah, but I mean, because looking at looking at the top ten favorites right now, you know, J. Did I say J. D. Bickerstaff when I Cavs? Yeah. It's Cavs coach. J.B. Bickerstaff, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> you know, looking at these uh, top 10 favorites to win coach of the year, you know, this may surprise some people, but Mike Brown is at the top of the list, head coach of the Sacramento Kings. And then to round out the top five coaches, it's Joe Missoula was leading the Eastern Conference most of the season. Mike Malone leading the West. Taylor Jenkins right up there for the Grizzlies, um, having a great season. And then Mike Budenholzer for the Bucks, which all understandably for me should be the top candidates to win coach of the year. Um, as much as the Knicks have improved and as well as they've been playing recently, I'm sorry, but I don't think, I don't think, um, like Thibodeau, I don't uh, think Thibodeau. Tom, I don't think Tom Thibodeau should be a candidate because I think going into the ward, you got to be doing it all year long. So yeah. that's why I always think it should be those top teams. Now, arguing for Mike Brown to be it is understandable because yes, as they're sitting at the top three seed right now. I think they have a great roster. It's not as good as Memphis. It's not as good as Denver. It's not as good as LA. It's not as good as Dallas. You know, just a lot of those teams. Like, they're not as talented, in my opinion, as those teams. And the fact that they've been sitting at the three seed all all year long, um, it just shows how good of a job Mike Brown has done with this team. That was kind of what I was getting at when we were talking about it. While yeah, yeah, off the record, kind of. I just think that he came in. Obviously, Joe Missoula super high expectations with the team he was given and he's exceeded expectations. Yeah. You know, they're been the one or two seed the whole year, but Mike Brown, man, I'd like, we were talking about the Kings, like at the beginning of the year, like are the Kings a fluke? Or are they going to keep doing this? And they, yeah. they have, they've kept, yeah. they've kept winning. So yeah, I would love it if Mike Brown won coach of the year, just because, you know, they're getting it done with Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. That's, you know, Kevin Huerta, Malik Monk. Malik Monk has been huge for them. Yeah, last it's month just or so. Like the Lakers roster is better than the Kings, and you know what I mean. Like it's just they win games. Yeah, they flat out they win games. And it's, they I play, think it's because of coaching. They play the right way, which is yeah. why I want to be upset with them winning it. Yeah, no, that that's fine. I mean, Having said that, I still see the Kings getting bounced first round. 
And that's why <laughs> I, I know we're talking about the coach of the year, but it's hard to talk about the Kings and not talk about how all these teams in the Western Conference are searching for that six. Yeah, like the teams behind them are Phoenix, Clippers, and Dallas, and Golden State. Like, they're not – I don't think they're winning a seven-game series against either four of those teams when they're healthy. Yeah. I really no, don't. I agree with you. So, I agree with you. It's impressive we'll to see, see where they're at. We, d- we didn't think we could – they could – finish top three in the West. And yeah. <laughs> you really never know. Sometimes yeah, you teams know. out in the West be surprising us and be uh, getting to the Western yeah. Conference Finals. If, they, like, can get, uh, if they can get the right matchup, then you never know. But it's just so tough because of how deep that conference is. Like Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix is at the four. Clippers are at the five. Dallas is currently sitting at the six. And that's the worst matchup you can get, yeah. in my opinion. And yeah, then let's say know. the Warriors bump up when Steph comes back. You're not winning that series. And you don't want to um, play Kawhi, Paul George, in that team. You don't like want you, that team. It's almost as if you got to hope for a matchup against the Jazz, which isn't going to happen. No. I would think their best matchup is – I don't even know. Like I don't think they have pro- a best matchup. Best matchup. I, I, mean, I nah, feel like out of the teams, you probably want to play the Clippers. Yeah. I don't think you want to play Dallas or Phoenix. I would, I would agree um, because, you know, that Russell Westbrook for Steer and Fox matchup is a good one. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they – I would argue the Kings have the front court to help the paint touches. Who do they scoring. start at the five? Does Sabonis play the five or the four? Sabonis plays the five. So who do they play at the four? Um, I want to say Keegan Murray. He's a good player. Um, Great defender. Yes, it is Keegan Murray. And then they start Harrison Barnes, um, De'Aaron Fox, and then you know Kevin Huerta and Malik Monk. They're both two excellent shooting guards. But this Kings team is deep, so maybe maybe we're slighting them a little bit. I don't know. If I don't really know because this team this team is very solid. I don't know. I mean, if we're, the names I said. I don't think we're slighting. Like their third best player. Just is, understanding of how good the conference is. Or, is their third best player Keegan Murray? Um, I would say their third best player is Harrison Barnes. Averages fourteen and a half. Huerta averages 14.5. Malik Monk averages 14. Keegan Murray averages 12. They got six guys averaging over 12. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of just a well-rounded team. Um, and Sabonis is a beast. 19 and 13, damn near. 19 and 12. Yeah, 19, 12 and, 12 and a half. and, a half and yeah. seven. But this is stuff he's been doing his entire career, or at least the last few years. Yeah. He's just finally starting to get the love because he's on a winning team now. Yeah. Um, he was stuck on the Pacers. He was stuck on the yeah. Pacers his whole career, and they've been in no man's land since they lost Paul George. Um, but getting back to the Coach of the Year award, who do you think will end up winning it come the end of the season? Because we still have you know another month and a half to go, um, and a lot can happen in between then. I mean, right now I'd give it to Mike Brown. Who's the Nuggets coach? Malone. Like Mike Malone? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can give it to Mike Malone and not give it to Joe Mazzulla. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get what I I'm agree. saying? I do get what you're saying. I mean, looking at these odds right now, Missoula's second at plus 180, and then it drops to Mike Malone at plus 500. Yeah. So it seems like they know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you I can't really agree with you. Like, the Celtics have a better record. They have a better team, in my opinion. Yeah, but I agree. The Nuggets are great, obviously. Yeah. I think they could easily get out of the West and go to the finals. But Yeah. So who you got winning it, though? Mike Brown. You got Mike Brown? Yeah, I got Mike Brown. I mean, I'm taking Joe Mazzullo. I'm a little biased, but I think I think we find a way to get that one seed back by the end of the year because um, we're going through a little slump right now. But give it like two more games, and we'll be playing prime basketball again. It's just how we work, you know. We go through a couple games slump. Do you um, think the Kings fall out of the three seed with um, all the other teams behind them? Magic, Suns, Clippers. 
Um, I don't know because they're th- they're three games ahead of the four seed, so okay. they got some wiggle room. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I mean, who knows how Phoenix plays with KD? Yeah. They're playing lights out and they don't lose games. Then Phoenix is going to get that three seed. Yeah, this scary. I don't. I don't care league. if the Kings play great down the stretch. You know, they're not beating. If the they Suns lose the seven games, games, they still might dip down because the Suns may only lose four more. Five, you know, whatever it is with KD. I don't know how good they're going to be with KD. Yeah. Um, some people think it's going to take them time to mesh together, but in my opinion, you know, we'll see come tomorrow night. I don't He's, think there's any meshing needed. I mean, you got stu- like you got two superstar scorers on that team. KD's going to come out and he'll have his 25 tomorrow night. Yeah, without a doubt. I agree. Yeah. I agree. He might get 30. He might. <laughs> he might. But Phoenix weather, man. I think I think outside of Phoenix, I don't think they there's anyone else that's threatening to take that 3 seed from them. Not even the Mavs. I don't think so. I mean, granted they're only a game behind Phoenix, yeah. but I just feel like Phoenix is in a better position right now, currently, in my opinion. And I don't know. I feel like the Mavs kind of give away some games at times. They do. And I would also should have won that Lakers game. Yeah, I would say Phoenix is a better defensive team. You know, I would yeah. say they have a better big DeAndre. Who's Ames. a better scoring duo though? Because that's a tough question. I mean, we yeah, we're gonna find out. Yeah, well, we'll guess, find but out, but I think. It's hard not to give it to KD to Devin Booker just because they're both, you know, one six six and one is seven feet tall. Yeah. Um they're ridiculous. Yeah. But I think Kyrie and Luke are better at creating their own shots. Hey, I guess I guess I our rankings know. for our top five scorers, you know, should say it all, right? Well, well, those were top five point guards. Oh yes, yes. We didn't right. have Kyrie. You're right. Kyrie was not in the top five scoring mark. No. But neither was, neither Devin, was Booker. Devin Booker. So yeah. But Devin Booker's I think without a doubt a top three shooting guard in the league. I think I think unless I'm forgetting someone, I think it's Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, and Devin Booker. I think Jalen Brown's better than Devin Booker. Um, I think Devin Booker's a better pure scorer, but you know, Jalen Brown plays defense. Jalen Brown's a two-way. He's one of the best two-way players in the league. Yeah, and hundred percent. So that so that's tough. If we were talking about straight scoring. Yeah, I'd probably take Booker, but I mean, if we're talking about straight scoring, I might take Booker over Donovan Mitchell. Um, Actually, I can't say that. I mean, Donovan both Mitchell's players have had 70 in their careers, so... <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's been unbelievable this year. He has been. I can't say that. He has some fluke games as well, but so does everyone. He does. Yeah, everybody does. And I don't think... Do you think Donnie's in his prime yet? I do think Donnie's in his prime. You do? Like, uh, you don't see another jump coming from him? Uh, Maybe like a little jump, but I think this is like the first year of his prime. Okay. And I think it helped transition a whole lot because of the new team he's on, you know? Like yeah, we've seen the big jump from last year to this year. Granted, he fits we saw, perfectly. On granted, that we team, saw it so. with a bunch with a bunch of guys, but yeah. he's been playing tremendous ball. Yeah, he may he I again the start of his prime, so we may get a little better. Yeah, but I think this is the beginning of the best from Donovan Mitchell, which we're going to see for the next five to six years. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's averaging twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven four and five. Yeah, so it's a great player. Yeah, solid solid shooting guard. <laughs> Any other last takes or comments or information you want to lay out? I think uh, one thing. I'm tired of people saying that the West is significantly better than the East. Yeah. I don't think that's true at all. Looking at these rankings, the top five in the East is better than the top five in the West. West might have more talent, but the teams in the East are. So are you looking at just the top five in the rankings right now, or are you looking at the top five? Because the top five teams in the West aren't in top five. No, I, I agree with that. Like top five in the West are Denver, Memphis, Phoenix, Dallas, and Golden State, in my opinion. I think Milwaukee and Boston are 
both better than the Denver. best teams in the West. Yeah, I would agree with you there. So I would agree with you there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that take. Um, yeah, everyone's saying the West is overpoweredly stacked now, which I understand because there's a lot of superstars on a bunch of teams. All there are a the lot league. of superstars in the East that people forget about. Yeah, in my opinion, because people kind of forget about Miami. They haven't been playing yeah. great ball. They were on a bit of a losing streak until they won last night. But you know, it's hard to see them play their best ball until playoff Jimmy Butler comes out, and that's not happening till playoff time. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but that is also something to keep an eye on because currently, you know, Miami's in the seven seed two games back of the sixth seed. So let's say they stay there. It just shows how big of a factor that one and two seed goes. Because as much as I think we can beat anybody in the league, last year having to go through the stretch we did to get to the finals, I don't want to have to do that again. And if we have to match up against a Miami team in the first round, that would be tough, man. It would be. Compared to going up against the Hawks or something like that. I think the Hawks are very talented. But I've seen it firsthand multiple years. Playoff Jimmy Butler and that Miami Heat team is definitely scary. Yeah. They're scary. And they can when they play good ball, they can beat anybody. Yeah. So Does that's Bro- not a matchup I want to see come the first round. It's not. Jeez. I would love to play Brooklyn though. Um, I would like to play play Brooklyn, but you know, I also think they're set up for success in the future. I agree, because they have so many good players I think on that the, team. They just don't have a superstar. Yeah, I think if the Celtics play Brooklyn in the playoffs this year though in the first round, it's another four game sweep, you know. I agree. But that's who you want. That's really it is who, who we want. Um, <laughs> but who knows where they end up? Because I think yeah. they can keep winning games with the team they have now. You think? I think they can consistently win as much as they lose with the team they have now. Go like 500 for the Because I'm a big season. fan. You know, you put you put a score like Spencer Dinwiddie, and then you put a score like Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson together. Um, you know, they just have scoring all over the place, and that's not even including yeah, Cam, Cam Thomas, Thomas, who they've already had on the roster. Um, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's – able to shoot the basketball and score at a good rate um, with Nick Claxton at the big spot. I mean, they're, they're deep, you know, they got a lot of scores on that team. So, you know, if they're whoever you want to say their best player is when they're not having their top night, they have anybody that can go and get it done for you. Yeah. Cause any of those guys can get 30. Yeah. So that's why I think Brooklyn is, yeah, they're not competing for anything this year, but they're scary in the future. If they can get that right piece together, this team can be really, really good. Yeah, but they also need to dump Ben Simmons. They probably need to just cut him, keep him on the bench. Yeah, cut him probably. Yeah. But they're paying him too much. They're paying yeah. him too much. So I, I mean, but is one more thing. Yeah, why are the Atlanta Hawks just not that good? I feel like they have one of the best rosters in the league. So we're gonna find out. Um, <laughs> a lot of people say it's on Trey Young. A lot of people just say it's the coaching because you know the reason Nate it's McMillan. Got, the reason Nate McMillan got fired is because he couldn't connect with Trey Young at the appropriate level. Obviously. Yeah. But I think there's no more excuses for coaching now. They just got one of the best coaches in the league, in my opinion, in Quinn Snyder. Um, So we'll see how he's able to bring this team together. But in the next two years, if this team can't become anything, because I don't know if you remember two years ago, the Hawks were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. And they're more talented now than they were two years ago. I agree. So I'm going to give them another year and a half, I'd say, to figure figure out their problems because they have a very talented roster. One of the best in the league. Yeah, I mean, probably the best backcourt in the league five, too. Like Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and then Clint Capella, and then Clint Capella with Anyaka and Kongwu as well at the big man spot. I mean, they got tons of talent, tons loaded. of talent, They're loaded. So I don't know what the problem is with them. I'm going to agree with you and say it was coaching, yeah. but there's no more excuses now. Yeah, they got Quinn Snyder. I don't like how they got rid of Huerta either, though. 
Um, I don't, but it was it was probably an appropriate move. They probably didn't want to pay him. Nah. You know, bringing in Dejounte Murray, got to replace his contract with, or you know, you gotta yeah yeah something got needs to be to done. Give money, yeah. yeah, something needs to be done. But I I agree with you that the Hawks need to figure that out. Because yeah. if they don't figure it out in the next year and a half or so, I think Trey Young should be worried about getting moved. Rebuild time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know they have a bunch of pieces that a lot of top teams in the league would love to get, love to get. Yeah. But we'll see. Only time will tell with that. With that being said, that's going to finish off our podcast for today. It was great to be back after taking that week off, but we're just getting started again in 2023. As March is right around the corner, we're just hitting it, and you guys know what that means. Got to pay rent tonight. That's what that means. (laughs) That is also what that means. (laughs) But it also means that March Madness is right around the corner. So that means we are going to be doubling up on our basketball talk as well as free agent talk around the NFL and even the NFL draft that is coming up come April. So we have more than enough talk to be talking about on Lance's House Sports here. And, you know, even the MLB, man, spring training has started up. Um, The Red Sox, they got an interesting roster. Who knows what they do with it? Um, But maybe we can talk about the top dogs in that league the next couple weeks as we prepare for the best of the best to begin in the next few weeks. But that'll do it for the podcast today, episode 21. Yeah, crazy, right? Getting here in a while from Cali, but, you know, long way to go. But that'll do it. You guys have a great night.